2: and gentlemen. Live from the West Coast, it's time for Ring Talk Live Worldwide, your inside look into combat sports. Ring Talk Live Worldwide is brought to you by the World Boxing Council, the WBC.
0: Nunes' hands are down, and she's walking
2: Ronda down. She tags her again. Over and over. Amanda Nunes. And now, the host of the longest-running fight show in radio, And internet history.
3: If I can't teach you one way, I'll teach you another. But I'm going to get the job done.
2: Pedro Fernandez. Domicii Caballeros, bienvenidos.
4: Ladies and gentlemen, emanating, coming at you from the multi-million dollar sports byline studios. Check it. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide in WBC Boxing TV. Often imitated but never duplicated. 37, make that 38 plus years now. I've been knocking out all bums on the radio. Who am I? My name is Pedro Fernandez. I am your ever-so-modest host. Of course, I'm also a four-time Golden Glove boxing champion, and and I was North American writer here not once but twice. So straight up, supposedly, allegedly, I know a little bit about boxing. But guess what? I've always found out that the average boxing fan sees things from a different perspective. So I'm going to open up the phone lines right now all around the world just for you. 1-800-878-7529. That's right. Once again, the listener line, 1-800-878-7529. Of course, there's also the guilt-free no-commitment text line. Call me what you want, but just uh, not too many four-letter words. 415-275-1613. That's 415-275-1613. A glorious week in boxing, of course, coming off the Canelo Alvarez KO of, you know, Billy Joe Santos or was expected. Bottom line is the odds had him 5-1. Probably should have been a little, little bit better than that. But Canelo prevailed, no doubt about that. Of course, people talking about a quit job. Bottom line is, Canelo Alvarez is the king of boxing. Get used to it, folks. Until he gets beat, he is the man. Until then, Canelo Talks, we listen. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Check it, your inside look into the world of boxing and MMA. We'll have the boxing's PhD, Mr. Socrates Palmer, coming up after the break. We'll hear from Canelo. Straight up, we'll talk about the USCB pimping, all kinds of stuff here today on Ring Talk Live Worldwide and WBC Boxing TV. Coming to you live on Twitch.tv, the Sports Byline USA channel, of course, and a thousand other internet platforms. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide and WBC Boxing TV. tower got the potion.
1: You might begin to set yourself in motion.
3: I'm Ron Barr. All my life I've been active, playing tennis, pickup basketball, cycling, and swimming. But let me tell you, as I've gotten older, my body now tells me when enough is enough and I've done too much. Did you know 100 million Americans suffer from ongoing pain due to aging, exercise, overexertion, and the effects of everyday living? I want to recommend Relief Factor to you. Relief Factor can help all those body parts that are hurting, sore, such as neck and shoulder, back, hip, or knee, Or just general muscle aches and pains? Here's what I recommend. Go to relieffactor.com to find out more. And Relief Factor has something special for the Sports Byline USA Network listeners. You can get their three-week quick start program for just $19.95. That's only 95 cents a day. So give them a call at 800-500-8384. That's 800-500-8384. Or check it out at relieffactor.com.
0: Time for your small business report presented by Dell Small Business. Training employees is key, but so is having time to get your own work done. So once you have them trained, be sure to give each other space. If you've got a good training program, your staff should be empowered and competent enough to make most of the decisions that fall within their job role on their own. That will free each of you up to focus on your own tasks. Email is a great way to connect, and the occasional face-to-face meeting is fine. But if you've hired the right person, let them get the job done. And that's your Dell Small Business Report. It's Small Business Month and Dell Technologies and Windows are celebrating your unstoppable drive. Save up to 45% on powerful PCs with Windows 10 Pro to work from anywhere. Plus top monitors and docks for the ultimate business setup. All with easy financing options through Dell Financial Services. Speak to a Dell Technologies advisor who can help you find the right business tech, server, storage, and cloud solutions at 877 Ask Dell. That's 877 Ask Dell for- for
2: Small Business Month Savings. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. You know, Chris Adarola, he's a veteran. He's a hard puncher, and, you know, we did what we had to do. We won the victory, but you remember, I was low to the lowest, and I have to come back to the ladders. Yep, keep booing, bro. It's all good. But like I said, we did what we got to do, and thanks to God that we got this victory, and now to the next.
0: It was an incredible battle. It started uh, a little adverse for you in terms of the knockdown. Did he have you hurt in those early rounds?
2: Yeah, he he got me with a good, clean right hand. I dropped my hand a little bit. I was too um, overconfident, but, you know, tops off to Chris Adrila. He got me with a good one, but I kept going and I kept going. And you know what? We, We got the victory. It's not as though you haven't been
3: there before and come back.
4: Andy Ruiz, of course, formerly Andy Ruiz, looking okay against Chris Ariola a couple of weeks ago, although he got dropped in one point in the fight and he was staggered in the same round. At the end of the day, he was a unanimous decision winner. reason why I started off the show with him is that people say to me, is he the Mexican-American American star that will take uh, over Canelo's spot? Nobody's going to take over Canelo's spot. Canelo was the king of boxing. I mean, forget, people are dreaming about that. I mean, nobody's going to beat him for a long time. I just don't see it, and there's no way, no how. Bottom line is, he was spectacular last week, of course, in stopping uh, Billy Joe Sanders. I saw it. The seventh round was very decisive. I mean, he was dominant. He hit him to the body, hit him to the head through that. That left uppercut, of course, that crushy uh, optical bones around here. Once you crush those orbital bones all around the eyes, you're sort of toast, right? And people say to me, oh, he quit, he quit, he quit like a dog, he didn't want to come out. No, he didn't quit like a dog, he was a beaten man. At the end of the night, Billy Joe was a loser, Canelo was a winner. Boxing fans won, I thought it was a good fight. Although it wasn't the best opponent out there for Canelo, it was a decent opponent, was undefeated, and he had a WBO title (coughs) to go along with that. Bottom line is... He was a worthy opponent and he didn't come out for the eighth round. So people are screaming. We'll take it to the East Coast and bring in the Bronx Bomber. I'm talking with Mr. Socrates Bomber. And how are you, Mr. PhD, sir? I'm
5: doing fine, Pedro. How's it going?
4: I mean, things are fine. Um, uh, just get a quick, let me get a quick, uh, take on Canelo's performance last week.
5: Wow. Uh, Canelo Alvarez showed once again, he put the, he put the, just in case there's any doubt, he is, like you said, the king of boxing right now. He is the pound for pound best fighter in the world. He is the dollar for dollar biggest draw in boxing, and it was a competitive fight. Uh, Billy Joe Saunders gave a, a gallant effort, uh, but you know there's a difference between a very good fighter and a great fighter, and especially one who's in his prime. Uh, at no point Canelo had any fear of Billy Joe Saunders' punching power. And when that's the case, Canelo's just going to walk through through the opponent. You know, Billy Joe had his moments, but Canelo was just relentless. He uh, he didn't look beautiful in, in some aspects, but it was just slow, devastating shots, and and uh, ultimately it made uh, Billy Joe Saunders quit on the stool.
4: Okay, seventy three thousand fans, four hundred thousand new DAZN viewers. I guess the uh, king of boxing sort of made a statement there, didn't he?
5: Absolutely, You know, uh, you know, boxing, they just, I, I don't know, it's just something from the heavens, but it just, it has a way of just creating superstars, like no other sport, you know, and yeah, there's some that are bigger than others, but this is the reign of Canelo Alvarez. You know, he, he is a crossover, he has crossover appeal, aside from the, the, the Mexican fan base, which he has, um, you don't necessarily have to be Mexican to be a fan of Canelo Alvarez. Um, was it, like you said earlier, was it the best opponent? Maybe not, but it's very credible opponent. You know, someone that was undefeated, someone with a title. Um, and he fought in a way that you don't do. It's not like buying a Mayweather pay-per-view. You know, you, you, you got your money's worth uh, during that fight.
4: Well, you know what Larry says about the Mayweather fights? The excitement stops when the bell rings. Oh, all right. Hey, who the blank is Caleb Plant?
5: Caleb Plant, in my opinion, is, you know, a big paper champ. I mean, he is a world champ in this watered-down era of uh, titles. I think he's a solid pro, um, but, you know, who's what are his best wins? Uh he beat uh Ustekegee, the you know, who's a pretty one dimensional fighter. He beat him soundly and he beat Caleb Truax. I mean, I don't think he's better than Billy Joe Saunders, you know, maybe he may have uh, the pressure body, he's been in the left strike, you know, and but I, I can't see Caleb Plant being anything that that would that you would say no, Canelo has a chance of losing. No, absolutely not. I, I think Canelo beats him worse. Okay, than, than he
4: did Okay, who would be next in your mind? I mean, Benavidez, the Charlo brother, or the better Charlo, where, where do you want to go there after after well, Caleb Plant?
5: Well, Canelo has said, and it's to nobody's, uh you know, shouldn't be to anyone's surprise. About a year ago, he said that he wanted to unify 168. So the logical choice is Caleb Plant. Now, the question is, will Caleb Plant put a number high enough for him to to have an excuse when when Canelo's people tell him no. You know, because that because Caleb Plant could have had that fight, if you remember, several months ago when he turned it down. Um, but Caleb Plant is the logical choice if you're gonna follow Canelo's blueprint, which is the unify. Uh the best fight, I would love to see him as far as animosity goes right now is Demetrius Andre. You know, they had a nasty oh, run in well, I mean, just for the fact, it's the easy, it should be the easiest fight to make because they're both under the same promotional banner. Um, Demetrius Andrade looked good enough to lose his last time out. Yeah but, you know? yeah,
4: but 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 like Larry says, I hate to interrupt you, boxing's PhD, of course, uh-huh. come to us from the Bronx to uh-huh. we'll talk about uh, Secrates Palmer, but uh-huh. the, the, problem, the problem with Mr. Andrade is he doesn't fight back. You know, he doesn't right. fight. I mean, his fights are like they—they're they, terrible. And, and like Can- Canelo said, who did you win? Who did you beat? You're champion, but who did you beat? You fought nobody, nothing. Right?
5: Yeah, you know, that's true. You know, but then again, I mean, Canelo became champion by beating Matt Pacquiao. So, but I mean, if 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 I, you know, could run things, if I could book the territory, so to speak, let let me let uh Canelo fight uh Caleb Plant, get a nice payday for Mister Plant. You know, he'll get beat up in the process and have Demetrius Andres fight, uh, Charlo. That's, and then the winner of that can say, okay, I, you know, not that you have to earn it, but, you know, he, that, whoever wins that fight is a credible, uh, opponent for a, a mega fight. You know, I, Benavidez is all, Benavidez may be the most action-packed fight, but I just think he's too one-dimensional. Okay. You know, I think you, you may see a more cautious Canelo and he'll, you know, how box Benavis. Last question
4: before we go to the break here with uh Boxy's PhD Socrates Palmer as I wreck the cameras here in the studio. Um Bev, is Canelo good enough to beat this guy, Bidabev, Artur Bidabev? That's what the question came in this week on the uh text line. Mm,
5: it's a well I'll tell you what, Betabedev is a beast, but he's older. And he has talked about retiring and once an athlete like Paul Bill ourselves starts Okay, like about retirement, they basically should retire. Um, I think Better BF would be better off, uh, fighting the, B- uh, uh, That would be a really good fight. And those are the two best light heavyweights. But Canelo Alvarez, I don't think, uh, should fight Better BF at this stage. I, I don't think it's a wise move. Boxing's
4: PhD coming to us from the Bronx, folks. Mister PhD, uh, Mister PhD himself, Socrates Palmer. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, aka WBC Boxing TV. My name is Pedro Fernandez. If you're catching us live on Sports byline or, or iHeart Radio or anything like that. Bottom line is, we do a live stream broadcast at twitch.tv, the Sports Byline USA channel. You can check us live. You can check us delayed, the highlights. Bottom line is, we're rocking and Twitch twitch.tv, the Sports Byline USA channel. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, taking by tower of power to the break.
2: Ring Talk Live Worldwide is brought to you by the World Boxing Council, the WBC. Are we right? you going to run to Walmart? morning? <laughs> 5.30. Move
4: your feet. Go ahead and feel
2: the
3: beat.
2: What you do is up to you. Once you begin to and the is...
1: Do you need to sell your home? If you've sold a home before, you remember how stressful and expensive it was. Sold.com is here to help you sell your home for the most money and with the least amount of stress. can be faster and easier than you ever thought possible. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 800 449 1759. 800 449 1759. 800 449 1759. Again, that's 800 449 1759.
2: I don't even recognize myself anymore.
5: I'm really worried about
3: him, his addiction.
1: That's 877 360 0402.
2: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. Mighty Tower of Power bringing us back to the
4: break. You ought to be having fun. We're having a blast here in the studios, believe me. You are tuning to Ring Talk Live or Wide. Check it. Your inside look from the world of boxing, MMA, of course, open phone lines around the planet. 1 800 878 7529. That's 1 800 878 7529. Of course, Boxing's PhD on the line from the Bronx. we we'll am talking about Mr. Socrates Palmer and Saka got some fights I want to press you on. Um let's talk about let's talk about tonight's showtime fight with Figueroa and Neary. Is Neary that good? I mean I think he's like excellent, but then again I've been known to overrate guys. Yeah, you
5: know, his record says he's excellent. Um I think it's a really good fight. Um Figueroa it's kind of like you oh, uh, he can get every once in a while the the Mexican against the Mexican-American, uh, going back, they've, uh, Salvador Sanchez and Lula Lopez and, uh, Israel Vasquez and Marquez. Those, those, you know, there's that internal rivalry, uh, you know, who's more Mexican. Uh, it's a, it should be a really good fight. Uh, both guys are kind of looking for a career fighting moment and, uh, a win over another undefeated champ, although Figueroa comes from that PBC world, um, I, you kind of question those, uh, world titles. They, they, they don't really put those guys in too tough, you know, and they become multi time world champions. Uh, so I, I think it's more Figueroa has to prove that he's legit against a guy like Neri, who's, uh, been pretty solid pro and, and the uh, a dominant champion up to this point.
4: Well, it's a unification match, you no know doubt about that, 122 pounds. Now, let's move on as far as the boxing calendars are concerned. Um, Ramirez versus Taylor next week. Josh Taylor, of course, the man, the man from uh, southern, middle, mid-California, Mr. Jose Ramirez, battling out for 140 pound, uh, dis- supremacy. How does that fight go?
5: Uh, if I had a quarter in my pocket, I'd be flipping it, you know, right now. I think it's a real kick-em fight. Uh, Josh Taylor, uh, really surprised the world when he beat up, uh, the favorite of the, uh, tournament that he won, uh, he beat Regis Pro Gray. Um and just basically outwork them. You know, Josh Taylor is like a mini Joe Calzaghi. The guy doesn't, doesn't get tired. And Ramirez is, is a beast on the low, man. He's a, you know, my, my take is this. I always go with the puncher. And, you know, when, 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 the, in your, in your mind, you're like, wow, this is a real close, anyone could win this. I always defer to the puncher, so I have to go with Ramirez. But it's really a, Great fight. You know, uh, we're getting treated, you know, another unification, you know, so that way it clears the way of who is the best, uh, 140 pounds in the world. Excellent fight.
4: No doubt about that. 140 pounds, of course, the junior welterweight division. Welter 147. Are we going to see unification between Crawford and Spence ever or what?
5: Wow. That's, you know what? It, you know, if the way it's looking, it's like I've seen this story before, you know. Pacquiao Mayweather, uh, it'll happen, but I don't think it's gonna happen, uh, in this year. Um, I know that, that Bud, his contract is almost up at top rank. Uh, they're not at the best of terms. Uh, who knows? I, I, hope it does happen, but I, I don't see it happening in 21.
4: Devin Haney and okay. Jorge Linares, is that a matchup whether, uh, worthy of a WBC matchup title?
5: I think so. You know, um, Jorge Linares is, is has a lot of miles on the on those tires, but he's always been a really good, classy fighter. Um, he's had moments of brilliance, and he's also had moments that it kind of falls apart, you know. But you look at his resume; he's been in there against the best, you know. With Lomachenko is nothing to sneeze at. Uh, I think it's a great fight. Uh, let's see how his face holds up against a young fighter who's got very fast hands, and he should have a chip on his shoulder after his dreadful performance. Last time out against a very shot, uh, Yuri Gamboa.
4: Okay. And he was unimpressive, so. Nonito Donera, 38 years old, of course, his claim to fame, I thought, I mean, his big jump on the boxing world was 19. Take that back. It was July 7, 2007, when he knocked out Vic Tarchini, and of course, Vic got knocked out. Vic was the classic example of why you don't interview a guy on TV after he's been knocked out, because he was knocked out cold, he was snoring. <laughs> like that, and then when they woke him up and they interviewed him afterwards, he said, Knocked out! I wasn't even knocked down! Anyway, he didn't remember getting knocked out until the, they showed it to him on TV, and that didn't compute well. When he was watching himself get knocked down on TV, that was a little weird. Anyway, bottom line is, the long story short, Nonito Donaire, 38 years old, taking on a uh, very tough guy. This guy is um uh, Nordine. Nordine's 17 and zip. He's got a WBC title. Is this the last stand for the Filipino
1: Flash?
5: You know what? I thought it was when he fought in Onway, uh, the monster, and he gave a great showing. Uh, it's hard to believe, like you said, that was, that was 2007, you said?
4: 2007. 7-7, seven, seven, 2007.
5: That's amazing. Almost 15 years ago. And, you know, he is a Hall of Famer for sure. Uh, he's one of, I'm actually very surprised. If you would have asked me in 2010 if I thought Nanito Dine would still be fighting, I'd say no, because he was a guy that was, like media savvy, he's into photography, you know, that, that he was doing well, but he's, I guess he's a competitor. You know, he's a competitor, he keeps himself in good shape. Um, yeah, I just hope he doesn't get hurt. You know, this is not the type of sport that you hang around too long, you know, especially at the lighter weight class. But you Nanito's know, a classic fighter, Hall of Fame, he deserves to go out in his own terms, so you know, he you know. His, lo-
4: his lovely wife, Rachel, Rachel Raquel, is his uh, manager, and she sort of irked the boxing world a little bit. So I-, I wonder if maybe that didn't work against him having her as his manager. Remember, Shane Mosley had his wife Jen as her as yeah. his manager, and she turned down seven million bucks to fight Oscar De La Hoya and took a million to have to fight Vernon Forrest and
5: got beat up. Yes, yeah. got That's lit right. up like That's a White House Christmas tree. Going. Yeah, yeah, um... yeah. yeah. Sometimes you know um, you got to you have to. I, I don't like that at all. I mean, okay. I know we've had other cases. That wife, I believe, was his manager as well. You know, sometimes it, it works, sometimes it doesn't. You know, uh,
4: but I'm not a big. I, I I'm guess, not i I'm not a big fan. Of ha- Listen, I understand the you want the old lady in there so you, she could take the the monster cut of the pie, the manager's cut, and that kind of good right. stuff. So if you hire the right uh, advisor you know, like a Mort Sharnik yeah. or something like that. You can get by like that, but, you know, I don't know. Having the old lady as a manager has sort of worked against a lot of guys, I thought. Tiafimo and Kim Um Does the kid from Australia have a shot here?
5: No. But I, 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 that, that wasn't too deep, right? No, I don't think he's got a shot okay. at all. I think, I think he reminds me of Ben Cazienda. That's exactly what he reminds me of. He's a gutsy guy. I think he's going to be a little bit too brave for his own good, um, and I think he's going to get smoke like a Cohiba.
4: Okay, good enough. Um, Kevin McBride is going to take on Evander Holyfield. Now, listen, I could beat Kevin McBride. I could beat... I could beat... I don't care if he's 250 pounds or not. I'd beat him. I would... <clears throat> I mean, this wouldn't even be close. Talent-wise, there's no comparison. He's fighting Evander Holyfield. Of course, he was the last guy to fight uh Mike Tyson in a real fight in 2004. And, of course, he beat up Mike Tyson, which was sort of sad. But then you realize that Tyson lost to a couple of bums before that. So Tyson was on his way out. Anyway, bottom line is, what about this fight?
5: Well, well... Is but, it a fight? Like I, said, not, I mean, it's an even matchup because one really isn't that talented and the other guy is really, really old, you know. I mean, so I guess it evens out as far as competitiveness goes. Uh, Evander's body, you know, he's, he's he always looks in great shape, you know, but, you know, sometimes so do I. But that doesn't mean that I can go 12 rounds, you know. Uh, you know, age is undefeated, and I just hope Evander doesn't get hurt. You know? Well, let's, right
4: let's, let's a give Evander... Let's give Evander, Evander, Tom out. Let's give Evander Holyfield his props for being in the Guinness Book of World Records. Eleven women, eleven children.
5: Well, you know he's very He's very religious man, and it is. I think it says in the Bible, the Bible says to you know, procreate and be fruitful, and you know, uh, wow, eleven kids. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know it was that much.
4: 11 and, uh, hey, 11 and 11, that's what I was told I, That's not, listen, that's almost like the, the double digit abortions Marilyn Monroe got down there in Tijuana I mean, you know, I mean, holy cow oh, oh. Yeah, okay, anyway, Mayweather And this guy, Logan Paul, Jake Paul Who the hell are the Paul? Who are these guys, Pauls? Are they boxers?
5: Uh, I guess they are uh, The one thing they are, they're money makers You know, they, they. I had no idea who they were Until about two years ago And then I saw the one of them had like 20 million Instagram followers. And you know what? I can't knock, I can't knock someone who's found their niche and the Pauls have in this great world of capitalism that we live in. And, uh, so you know, if you want to pay your hard-earned money to watch Lloyd Mayweather against Logan Paul, then more power to you. you so, know, so,
4: uh, so, but, but, but here's what's up. I, you could go back and look at the videotape of me knocking out that big dude last year at the uh, Chaparral Taqueria on Mission Street, and that was a better fight than probably this Floyd Mayweather and and, uh, and Logan Paul thing's going to be. Come on, man. Floyd's like 90 years old, and this guy's like 50 pounds heavier. How do you expect this to go? Yeah, this is right out
5: of you know Ringling and Barnum and Bailey. You know, but like you know I, I said it about a month ago. You know, Muhammad Ali fought these type of exhibitions, you know, uh, just, you know, it's, it's a good way to get paid, it's a good way to get attention to the sport, but at the same time, does it need it, you know, like, Mayweather's awesome, amazing career, made more money than anybody, but he really has hurt the sport, you know, uh, more than he's probably helped it. Uh, well, last
4: well, you know, I, I keep saying it. You know, the excitement stops when the bell rings. And if Mayweather is in pornography, and two things matter, uh, and as far as size, of course, size talk about pornography and combat sports. But there would be no money shots with Floyd Mayweather. It would just be like pretty bull, door, bull. Anyway, it is what it is. So he's going to do this thing with Triller. Triller obviously, trivia, Triller obviously is putting out there some money. Is Snoop Doggy Dog, is this his thing or what?
5: I, I, I lost you, brother.
4: Hello. Is Snoop Doggy Dog? Is that is it? Triller? Is that Snoop Doggy Dog or what?
5: Um, I think he's got some money in it. Um, he seems like they're he's their number one uh, color commentator. You know, he's, he's you know, Stunned. hopefully he's got some good one liners. Him and uh, Oscar. I don't know if Oscar's going to be there as well. Uh, you
4: mean Oscar, Oscar de la Fishnets? Oscar,
5: Oscar de la Fishnets. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Okay, now real quick, have you tried any of Tyson's weed? No, not yet.
5: Not yet, no. Good But I'm using it for CBD oil. Uh, the RVD CBD oil is pretty
4: good for drug pain. All right, much love. We'll talk soon. <laughs> Say hello to the agent and the wife.
5: Thank you, brother. Have a great uh, rest of the weekend.
4: The great Socrates Palmer, boxing's only PhD live on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, Ring Talk Live, Worldwide, and WBC Boxing TV. Guess what? I take boxing A to Z. I go under the carpet, under the table. Next up on Ring Talk Live Worldwide, it's the gossip in the boxing world and UFC.
2: Come now. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez, brought to you by the WBC, the World Boxing Council, right here on Sports Byline.
4: The mighty guitar of Jeff Tamalier, my man, Pleasant Hill, California, Pittsburgh, California, where you living these days, Jeff? Bottom line is he can rock with that guitar, no doubt about that. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, a.k.a. WBC Boxing TV tomorrow the president of the World Boxing Council, Mauricio Suleiman, will be in the house. Of course, he'll spend some time with us tomorrow on the two-hour show. The Sunday edition comes to you live for two hours, 11 a.m. Pacific time. Two hours live on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, Channel 217. That's our new uh, Sirius XM channel, of course, 217. Of course, live on Twitch.tv, the Sports Byline USA channel, iHeartRadio. I keep going and going, but the bottom line is, if you can't find us, you're not looking. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Check it. The UFC made $890 million last year. Of course, they gave about $18 to the guys that fight for them, and they kept the rest. I mean, that's what it boils down to. I told you, when I was a cop here in San Francisco, that when I was a rookie, I got exposed to a lot of pimps. yeah, Pimps and hoes and that kind of stuff. You know, girls working the street, sex workers. Anyway, so I learned that uh, the bottom line is the split was about 50-50. In other words, if a girl brought in like $100, she got to keep 50. Well, if you work in the UFC, and you bring in $100, you get to keep... Eight dollars. Eight to twelve dollars. That's what the 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 talent gets. Eight to twelve percent according to a lawsuit recently filed. Take that back. The lawsuit was filed a couple of years ago against against UFC Dana White and all these guys with Dana be pimping. Dana be pimping. Think about that. Eight to twelve percent of your dollar goes to talent. The people like putting on the shows and then the eighty eight percent goes to you. And you get to keep it all by yourself. Now are you a pimp? He is the king of pimps. He's got pimping down. But anyway, the UFC made $890 $890 million gross last year. Of course, in 2019, they did uh, 2, 000, 2, $860 million. So I guess they they upped it by $30 million. But, you know, the talent's got to get paid. They're not paying the fighters any money. These guys are getting lumped up. They're getting hurt. You'll see these guys in five or ten years from now <laughs> acting like that. You'll say to yourself, oh, you know, that's just MMA. Boxing's got bad guys like that. No, no, don't blame boxing. You want to talk punch drunk? Talk football, NFL, college football, uh, high school football, I keep you on. I mean, I run into guys all the time, and I wonder, why are these guys a little off, and then I realize, they play high school football, guys that play high school football with me, like one eye's a little off, you know, like them boxers, like box a whole lot, the guy's got neurological damage, one of his eyes, just a little bit off, This and that. you see it with these guys that play high school football, I mean, this is the way it is, anyway, bottom line is, football, I think, is more dangerous than boxing, why do I say that? Because I got hurt playing football. I never got hurt boxing. I broke his shoulder one time, a clavicle bone, playing football with some guys. And, you know, ran into the wrong Samoan. Actually, this wrong Samoan ran into me. But the bottom line is he broke my shoulder. And I realized this is not for me. So I stepped off back into the boxing game. Speaking of boxing, of course, Conor McGregor had that one fight against Floyd Mayweather a couple of years ago. Made a whole lot of money. But guess what? Last year, he was the number one money maker in all of mixed martial arts. Talking about MMA and boxing. How much did he make? 22 million dollars. Holy cow. 22 million bucks on both his fights. And I can only, only fought two times, one and one. Uh, but on, on his fights and his endorsements. And guess how much money he made on booze. That's right. You know, the alcoholic, the drunk, the drunk Irishman. A drunk Irishman? Is that some type of stereotype? No, no, no. He's a drunk Irishman. Of course, he's the guy that threw that, that hand truck through the window of that bus and got everybody, the glass charged in people's eyes and things like that. But he made 220 million bucks. Last year in stock sales for that whiskey he's got going on, so more power to him. Two hundred twenty million bucks. Why would you ever want to fight again if you made two hundred twenty bucks selling whiskey? You know, wish him the best. I don't think he's that great of a fighter as far as MMA is so concerned. I think he came along at the right time. And you know, when it came to guys like Khabib, Khabib crushed him, just crushed him, destroyed him. So when it came time for him to compete against the upper echelon of the UFC. He failed miserably, in my mind. Of course, he's been back once, and he's going to try a rematch. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But the bottom line is he made $225 million last year, of course, as far as his uh, whiskey was concerned. Now, people said to me, Pedro, was there ever a guy that you, like, invested all kinds of money and time in? And not money, but in time in that, that failed miserably, as far as a boxer was concerned? And I would have to say... That was Michael Grant. Michael Grant was six foot seven, six foot eight. He was big, black, and buffed. Okay, and he could fight a little bit. So I said to myself, you know, Mike, I'm watching Mike in the gym, and he's kicking these guys up, be beating these guys up pretty good in the gym, and he's he's progressing as a pro. So I'm saying to myself. This is the next heavyweight champion in the world, and of course. And then he fought Lennox Lewis in the year 2000. It was a big mistake. Lennox blew him up like the White House Christmas tree. I think he retired him in the second round. But the bottom line is I really thought Michael Grant was really going places. So I had Michael Grant on the radio. I was shilling for Michael Grant. I was kissing his ass the whole nine yards. And like Jack Fist told me, never fall in love with a fighter. Why do I say that? Because Jack Fist fell in love with the great Alexis Arguello. And then he found that Alexis was a womanizer. And he was like, you know, doing drugs and smoking a lot. Lot of cigarettes. Believe it or not, Argueil smoked every day of his life. Every day of his life. In fact, when I was with Argueil, uh, prior to fights, you could smell a little tobacco on him. You, know, you could smell that he was always chomping on gum. You could always smell a little tobacco on him, but he smoked every day of his life. In fact, when we were together in Nicaragua, I said to him, I said, the smoking thing, I said, it doesn't work for anybody else. How the hell could it work for you? He said, I don't know. He goes, I cut down a little bit when I was training. He goes, but I didn't cut down all the way. He goes, I always use the cigarettes as a as a bit of a fix. That was my, he goes, what do you tell me? It's sort of like what my mother told me one time. The cigarette is my best friend. When you smoke, that's the way you feel. I mean, it just is, it, you know, tobacco, nicotine, all that kind of stuff, very addictive. In fact, I told you, when I worked for the San, uh, San, Francisco, San Francisco Sheriff's Department out there at the county jail, the most addictive drug I ever came in contact with as far as my Prisoners, my students. I was teaching school out there. Was tobacco. Second was speed. Third was crack, and fourth was cocaine. But I mean, tobacco. Uh, if I, I, I could tell you what men would do for a cigarette, and you would just absolutely blow your mind. Open phone lines around the planet. You can join me real quick, or drop me a text. One eight hundred eight seven eight seven five two nine is one 7529 Of course, Michael Grant failed miserably. Forty eight and seven got stopped six times. Six times. Imagine being six foot seven ever losing a fight. I, I wouldn't. I'm not bragging or boasting. Maybe I am, but I'd never lose a fight if I was six foot seven. I'd still be killing. Dude. If I was six foot seven, I'd never lost a fight in my life. How could you lose a fight if you're six foot seven? You can't. You anyway. He did. He finished at forty-eight and seven. Got stopped uh six times of the seven losses, and he, of course he had thirty-eight KOs. But he was a bit of a disappointment, no doubt about that. Now, prospect of the week: Bobby Antonelli. Who's he? He's a guy that I grew up with. They call him Bobby Antonelli, Robert Antonelli. He's a big DJ here in the SF area. They call him Bobby A. And this kind of good stuff. So he's trying to tell me that he's really high on this, uh get this, Nikita Abali. Okay, he's 10-0 and 0 with six knockouts. He's a middleweight coming to us from... uh from Richmond, Virginia, 10-0 with six knockouts. Very exciting. Former junior uh, national champion as far as uh, the amper- amateurs were concerned. So he's got a good amateur pedigree. Bobby says he's a hot guy. We'll see what happens. Bobby sends me fighters. Every three or four months, Bobby will send me a fighter. And for the most part, they're pretty good guys. They're flashy guys. Bob likes flash. This guy is really flashy. Check him out on YouTube. We'll talk about Nikita Abali. No doubt about that. Now, the other day, I saw a film of Muhammad Ali at the 2008 Olympics. In fact, it was brought up to me by um Miss Vega, and she said to me, "Remember how Muhammad Ali at the Olympics in near 2000, when his hand was shaking from the from when he was you know watching the the uh, doing the Olympic torch and he was walking, you know, he was shaking this and that." And I explained to her why he was shaking, because you know he could have done it not shaking. He could have done it not shaking. Let me tell you what happened when Muhammad Ali took the Muhammad Ali took his Parkinson's drugs. Okay it would like nullify his brain. It would just like shut his brain off. He couldn't communicate. He couldn't talk like that. Okay. And he didn't dig it. I mean, he always, you know, he's a very interactive guy, no doubt about that. always wanted to be involved. So when he didn't take the drugs, his hand shook, but his mind worked well. Okay. You got that? His hand shook, but his mind worked well. That's why when he walked, Made that walk in Beijing. Of course, that was 15 years after I brought him to Beijing. That's right. I brought Muhammad Ali to Beijing in 1993. Not nobody else. Myself and Harold Smith, we brought Ali to Beijing. Of course, it was a brawl off the wall. February 1993, everybody said, You can't do it. has never been done in China. 1949 was the last professional boxing card in China. Mao Zedong, of course, got rid of boxing when he brought the communists on board. But the bottom line is, they said, We couldn't do it. We went over there two, three times. We did some negotiations. Guess what? We're rocking and rolling in China. The brawl to off February 1993, of course, a WBO title offense by then light heavyweight champion Leonzo Barber. Mike Sadio, I think, was the opponent. Mike Weaver is on the card. It was a great evening of boxing. I mean, the Chinese turned out. They all were dressed up. It was a big event. The, Ali was there. The president was there. I got to meet the prime minister. What was, no, that was a prime minister. of. Anyway, I met a prime minister, and I'm sure, not sure he was Chinese. There was a Chinese premier and then a prime minister, all these distant did royalty people want to hang around with Muhammad Ali, but we had a great time. And of course, 15 years later, when you shake him with the, with the, with the torch, that's what everybody seems to remember. But I remember him and me in Beijing 15 years earlier, having a good time. And guess what? We starved. I mean, the Chinese people had no concept when it came to feeding us, being Americans. So they, they what they did was they, 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 looked at some cookbooks and they said, we well, you know, Americans eat eggs. So they made us scrambled eggs, right? Well, they didn't scramble them. They made them like watery. So that the eggs weren't cooked. And then they, they made bacon for Muhammad Ali. Imagine this. We had a big plate of bacon. The guy's, the guy's a Muslim. He doesn't eat pork. He doesn't eat pork. So the bottom line was they didn't know what they were doing the first time. And of course, how did I get real close with Muhammad Ali? That was Harold Smith making that happen. But when I was over there, I guess it was about, we were there about three or four days or four or five days we're going to be there for ten days and we were all starving I was losing weight not voluntarily Ali was losing weight not voluntarily because the food sucked okay it was terrible so I said I'm going to go to McDonald's so I'm you know getting ready I'm in the hotel lobby I'm tripping getting ready to go get a cab and I see Lonnie Ali and I call call her Mrs. Ali I said hello Mrs. Ali how are you she goes call me Lonnie Pedro no no okay Mrs. Ali just like Mrs. Williams Lenny Williams' wife tells me call me Debbie I said okay Mrs. Williams anyway bottom line was she said to me, "You're going to McDonald's." I said, "She goes, would you get McDonald? Would you get Muhammad a hamburger?" I said, "I get him the whole store. What are you go, y'all yeah, bring him bring back Ronald McDonald if I have to. Okay, what does he want?" She goes, well, he like a Big Mac and this and that. So I got him like two Big Macs, two cheeseburgers, two quarter brownies with cheese, a bunch of fries, ketchup. I mean, all the goosies. got him a couple of cokes, a whole nine yards. Wanted to make him feel just like he was in at the Louisville McDonald's, okay? So that was how I got in tight with Muhammad Ali. I mean, I was sort of tight with him before, but after bringing him that food, after knocking on his hotel room door and bringing him that food, I go, that was the end of it. That was the end of it. There was no doubt about that. Ali and I were tight after that. I really, really miss him. Of course, he's been gone a few years now. And people say to me what was the what was the what, what did you take away from Muhammad Ali? What did you take away from him I, mean, what was, I took away from the fact that you need to be nice to people. In other words, I watched people be nice to him because he was muhammad Ali he didn't want people to be nice to him because he was Muhammad Ali. He wanted people to be nice to him because he was a human being. He wanted people to treat him the same way they treated everybody else. And when we saw people, you know I remember there was a thing in a hotel I think we had a hotel uh, thing we were in Shanghai. And we're changing hotels in Shanghai. And, um, there was some lip, this and that, and some guy didn't treat some of the, uh, the workers too well as far as, and Ollie went over there and took a picture with him. In other words, he, you know, he realized that these guys were being dogged, and I said, you know what, let me do something here. He went over, he goes, okay, grab the camera. I said, me? Yeah, grab the camera. So I took a picture of him and these, like, eight or ten guys, and he figured out it was their camera, so I took it with, you know, their camera, so he made them feel special. Anytime, Muhammad Ali came upon you. He made you feel special. That's just the way it is. I mean, I can't, I, I, I mean, I've been around a lot of presidents and prime ministers and didn't, I saw the Pope one time. Didn't get, didn't get the same feeling I get when I'm around Muhammad Ali. That's all there is to it. Anyway, may he rest in peace. No doubt about that. The greatest of all time, Muhammad Ali. And that was the Olympic story as far as the torch was concerned. That made me a little sad when I saw that, but Miss Vega brought that up. So I thought I would explain that in detail. You are tuned to Ring Talk live worldwide. Check it. You're inside. Look into the world. Of, Boxing MMA, of course, coming to you on WBC Boxing TV, live on Twitch TV, the Sports Byline USA channel. If I'm talking too fast, too much coffee. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Check it. You're inside Look into the world of boxing MMA. Remember, size matters in two things, combat sports and pornography. You are tuned to Ring Talk.
2: It's the only life we see.
1: 800-403-5912, 800-403-5912, that's
2: 800-403-5912. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez.
4: A little Tower of Power back from the break. There is only so much oil in the ground. I remember when Doc Cooper wrote that song back in the 70s, I said to myself, man, gas was like, like 30 cents a gallon, 35 cents a gallon, then it went to a dollar. This week gas was like over four bucks! I've never paid four bucks for a gallon of gas in my life! It was over four bucks. So what I'm trying to tell you is that I'm driving around waiting for the prices to drop. <laughs> you are tuned to, I hope I don't run out of gas. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, aka WBC Boxing TV. Now, we go to the Twitch TV questions coming in here from the viewers, and of course, one guy says to me, Canelo versus Marvin Hagler. Of course, Marvin Hagler, the great southpaw, uh, he switched back and forth. Of course, the orthodox didn't work for him against Sugar Ray Leonard. But the bottom line is, Marvin Hagler, one of the greatest middleweights of all time. How do he and Canelo match up? They match up pretty good. I'm Back and forth. I mean, going back and forth. I mean, Canelo will be trying to work that body. Marvin will be trying to work that head. I think it would be a war of wills. I don't know who would win. The bottom line is, that would be a great fight at 160 or 168. But I think that... As far as Canelo is concerned, I think 168 pounds is where he belongs to be. Now, Paulie Malignaggi, of course, the former, uh he was a junior welterweight champion just for a minute. I'll talk about Paulie, of course, a kid from Brooklyn, New York, the guy that broke in on this show like 20 years ago. That's right. He was in the United States Golden Gloves. He won the U.S. Golden Gloves representing Brooklyn. I had him on this show. That was his first foray into the world of media. From then, he's become a bit of a superstar as far as Showtime, that kind of stuff's concerned. Anyway, bottom line is, he's trying to say that, the Charlo, the better Charlo brothers, the WBC middleweight title, title holder, is gonna beat Canelo. You know, Paulo, you've been taking too many punches, man. You know that bare knuckle boxing you've been doing when they don't, they don't put gloves on you, you've been getting hit in the head? You've been hit one time too many, baby, because to say that Charlo beats Canelo, Man, you look got a twisted perception of reality. The guy won't even step up to the weight class. He's talking about, I want to fight Canelo. I want to fight Canelo. Well, guess what? You're fighting at 160. He's fighting at 168. You want to go fight Canelo? You fight him at 168. Bottom line is, you go where the king is. You go where the money's at. Charlo, just talking and smack, beating a whole bunch of bums on Showtime. You've been listening to Ring Talk Live Worldwide or watching WBC Boxing TV. It's either or. Bottom line is, we rock and roll Saturday and Sunday at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, iHeartRadio, SiriusXM, XM, Satellite Radio, Channel 217. Of course, live on Twitch.tv and delayed on Twitch.tv. So you can see this show live and or delayed on the Sports Byline USA channel on the Twitch.tv Dot compound. The bottom line is we're rocking and rolling both streaming and audio. Ring Talk Live Worldwide is brought to you in part by the World Boxing Council. Speaking of that, the WBC president uh, Mauricio Suleiman will be in the house tomorrow, so don't forget. Sunday, Ring Talk Live Worldwide, Larry Merchant, myself, and of course Mauricio Suleiman. Sunday, 11 a.m. Pacific time, live on Sports Byline. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide and WBC Boxing TV. Thank you, Miss Vega.